It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season and throughout the offseason, I will be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. Plenty of questions already been asked and sent to me. You can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council, but first make sure to follow me at Julian Council over on Twitter. We're six weeks through the season. The Carolina Panthers are three and three. On one hand, you can look at it and say, yeah, they're right there in the middle of the pack. You know, on the other hand, you can look at it and say, well, the Carolina Panthers were 3-0, and now they've lost three straight games, and the vibes aren't great here in Charlotte. Once again, we saw an interesting scene at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday as it pertained to the fans. Panther fans fighting Vikings fans. The week prior, it was Eagles fans getting it on in the bathroom stall. Not appropriate, and neither was the fighting yesterday. So I can understand the vibes aren't great right now here in Charlotte and across the Carolinas and wherever you may be throughout the world listening to this podcast as you are a Carolina Panthers fan. And it's about perspective, of course, and we'll get into more of the perspective of looking at this season right now. And Matt Rule spoke to the media as he does following every single game on Mondays. And the Carolina Panthers, one of the main takeaways from Sunday was that they are in search of an identity. So, of course, the media is asking, how can you fix this offense? What is that identity? Where can you get the answers? And who on this team can step up? Because the Carolina Panthers are in desperate need of someone on this offense, whether it be the quarterback who they gambled for, hoping that he could be the franchise, whether it be TJ Moore or Robbie Anderson or somebody to step up and help this team find an offensive identity. Matt Rule spoke to media on Monday and said the shame of the game yesterday, when you really go back and watch the game, we ran the ball well. We just have not been committed enough to running it, and that is going to change. I can tell you that right now. You'll see a vastly different look from us moving forward. We're not going to line up and drop back and throw it 40 times a game and think that's going to win the game for us. It hasn't, so there's no McCaffrey. Chuba showing us he can run the ball at a high level when given enough opportunities. So we're going to redefine who we are. We're going to run the football. We're going to protect our quarterback. We're going to turn the, we're not going to turn the ball over anymore. And that's the only way that we're going to win. 
So the Carolina Panthers, through six weeks of the season, have decided that we're abandoning a pass-happy offense. What we need to do is control the line of scrimmage and run the football. Now, when the Panthers have run the ball so far this season, whether it's been with McCaffrey or Chuba Hubbard, they've had success. And you saw at points in that game on Sunday against the Vikings, it looked like they were trying to be dedicated to running on first and second down because it didn't seem like they had a lot of confidence in Sam Darnold and in that passing game. And Matt Rule has said, when they've had mistakes in their losses, eight turnovers over the last three games, the mistakes have come in the passing game. And that is an indictment on Sam Darnold, on Robbie Anderson, not so much DJ Moore, but on the offensive line as well. On Sunday, we talk about all the drops, all the mistakes, and these are some numbers I meant to give you yesterday, but I forgot to give them to you. Sam Darnold was a combined 8 of 24 when targeting DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson on Sunday afternoon against Minnesota Vikings. That's terrible. Of course, there's multiple reasons for that, but Christian McCaffrey and Terrace Marshall not being out, that left a very slim margin for error for the Carolina Panthers. Panthers receivers dropped 8 of Darnold's 25 catchable passes on Sunday. Of course, Sam Darnold was 17 of 41 passing, which is not very good, 40% passing on Sunday. That's the six most drops in any game over the last decade. That's numbers they have from Pro Football Focus, Mike Renner. That's terrible. So it's not only Sam Darnold who's not playing well. And Matt Rule said, Sam's not playing well enough. And he said that the offensive line, that's their fault. That's my fault. That's the receiver's fault. That's everyone. It's Joe's fault. Everyone's fault that the quarterback's not playing well enough and that their jobs are to help Sam Darnold play better and for the quarterback to have success in this offense. And whether it's the offensive line not protecting or his receivers dropping the ball, Sam Darnold has had a tough time the last couple weeks by not having Christian McCaffrey out there. And so Matt Rule's deciding, look, we don't have McCaffrey next week. We don't have the week after that. It doesn't really matter. We are going to run the football. We are going to try and find a way to eliminate the mistakes that are occurring in the passing game. So what we're going to do is we're going to run the ball at least 33 times a game. He says he likes about have about 58 completions and runs per game. They did not have that on Sunday. Now, moving forward, it's going to be the Chuba Hubbard show, it looks like, running the ball 25, 30 times. Expect whenever Christian McCaffrey comes back to be getting a heavy workload because this is how the Carolina Panthers figure they're going to win football games the rest of the year. The last couple seasons and over the last decade of offensive line issues here in Carolina, the one thing that hasn't really been an issue is running the ball. Protecting the quarterback certainly has been an issue, and they have not done enough to go out there and to help, whether it was Cam Newton or it was Kyle Allen briefly or it was Teddy Bridgewater, now Sam Darnold. They have not done a ton. Whoever's been a general manager, Gettleman, Marty Herney 2.0, now Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule in a way, they have not done enough to help their quarterback have success by protecting him. And now they also haven't had the greatest quarterbacks of late here in Carolina, whether it's Cam being worn down with the shoulder or Kyle Allen going out there and being dubbed the franchise, or it was Teddy Bridgewater last year and so far through six weeks, Sam Darnold, who doesn't seem to be answer. And that's the thing, too. You sit here and you look at an offense that's now talking about dedicating to the run. And Matt Rule also said he wants to have some balance, which makes sense. You need to have balance. You can't just throw the ball 40 times and expect to win. Especially when we don't have a quarterback who seems to be capable enough to sit back there and win football games for you, throwing the ball 40 times, at least in this offense, in this situation. But really throughout his career so far in Sam Darnold, and looking at Sam Darnold and his ability to be able to be here long-term for Carolina, it doesn't look great on him. And again, it's not all on him. It doesn't look great on him that through six weeks of the season, they're like, yeah, this is not the guy we're going to hinge the offense on. We're not going to hinge the offense on a passing game anymore. We're going to be dedicated to running the football. So it's kind of hard not to look at that as somewhat of an indictment on Sam Darnold because we talk about the best quarterbacks in the league 
have to be able to carry their teams. The offense can't be in complete disarray when Christian McCaffrey is not out on the field, which over the last couple weeks, seemingly that's been the case. Teams realize the only wide receiver out on this team that's going to impact the game at all so far this season is DJ Moore. So they're going to go shit on his side and ask anyone else to beat him. So far this season, Robbie Anderson, whether it's been lack of opportunity or when he's gotten the opportunity, he hasn't made, made, made it happen. Terrace Marshall... Haven't seen too much from him. No criticism there. Rookie wide receiver. The expectations should be, you know, marginal. And then other than that, you got rid of Dan Arnold. So it's not like the tight end passing game was going to be a big factor moving forward once they traded him away to Jacksonville. Whether it be Ian Thomas, who had a fantastic catch on Sunday. Well, that was his lone catch, a very important one. Or it be Tommy Trimble, who is getting more of an opportunity, but not necessarily as a pass catcher. Running football team. That's the identity for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. And we'll see how it works. Now, there's no reason to panic. That's what I believe. Three and three. It's all about perspective. I get it. Week to week, we evaluate this team. We do this daily on this podcast. And we have the same concerns. And those concerns that we have are likely not going to go away. But if you look at the rest of the NFC, I talked about this briefly on the show on Sunday following the Panthers' loss to the Vikings. I know it's crazy to think about it now. You see plenty of the issues that are probably going to persist. Man, this is a long season. 11 weeks left to go. The Carolina Panthers still have plenty to play for, and I'll tell you more about that here on the other side as we take a quick pause here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. You've all been to Mickey D's. McDonald's always has been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and families can come together to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll always have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. My favorite's always been that MMM McFlurry. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you can always look forward to stopping out on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. And personally, for me, when it comes to those long road trips, I'm needing to get some food. I'm always getting those McNuggets. Give me some tangy honey mustard. Give me some of those fries. Give me some of that sweet tea with some lemon. And I'm all about Mickey D. So head over to your local McDonald's, refuel, and reconnect. Did someone say Lockdown Panthers watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I put this out on Twitter last night in the hopes that it wouldn't get ratioed following the Panthers 34-28 overtime loss at home to the Minnesota Vikings. If you didn't hear, they've lost three straight games after starting off 3-0. I said, I know that people are angry. And after the past three weeks, it's hard to think about the Panthers potentially being in the postseason. But look at the other wildcard contenders in the NFC. It's still plausible that this team could be in contention come December. I had some people being like, contention for what? And I I get it. You're upset. I understand. Twitter can be a very emotional place. It also lacks a lot of context and nuance. And maybe not the best place to have that kind of conversation on a Sunday. It's not like I really answered any of the uh, people who 
responded. No, you know, there's some positive answers. There's some people who liked it, some people who hated it. And I'm very happy that Twitter has not put out the universal dislike button because I'm sure I got a lot of dislikes there. But again, I did it. I knew the risk when I tweeted that out. But again, it's all about perspective, folks. There's no reason to panic following the past three weeks. The Cowboys lost. They're 5-1. and one. Whatever. Trayvon Diggs now has seven picks. So Sam Darnold getting picked up twice by Trayvon Diggs. While not great, he's not alone. Won't be the last quarterback to be picked up multiple times by Diggs, as we saw again yesterday. And you also look at the game against Philly. You know, not great. Uh, obviously, very bad. Inexplicable loss in the Minnesota Vikings game. Hey, you came back, made it close. You Pat on the back for that. But again, another game that you wanted to get and losing two home games in a National Football League when your team that's hoping to be right there in contention come December is not great. Which is why it's now time to try and get those two games back over the next two weeks against the New York Giants on Sunday and then on the road against the hated Atlanta Falcons on I-85 South in Atlanta. Let's just also be honest about this team. And this is where a lot of people and how they feel right now. The Carolina Panthers are a middling team in the NFL. The NFL is created to have, I guess now, a bunch of 8-9, and 9-8 football teams. What did we talk about throughout the offseason of where we hoped this team would be? At least on this podcast. At least where, my what I believe. 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. My official prediction going into the season was 8-9. and nine. They're on track to go 8-9, and nine, I think. As long as things don't go off the rails, which if they lose to the Giants, I got nothing for you. If they lose to the Giants, might as well stop doing the podcast. I have nothing else to say to you the rest of the season because then it, they're probably done if they can't beat the New York Giants on Sunday. Now, that might be hyperbole, and there will still be 10 weeks left to play. But, buddy, if they lose to the Giants, that's going to be tough. Either way, just understand now. Let's all accept this. The Carolina Panthers are not going to be one of the NFL's elite teams this year. Did anyone think that was going to happen? They're not going to be a great team this year. They're probably not even going to be like a Good team this year. They can be average. And a lot of average teams make it to the playoffs a lot of times in the NFL. Now, typically, if you're in a bad division, you find a way to sneak in there, as we've seen the Carolina Panthers 2014, 7, 8, and 1. That wasn't a good football team. They still went to the playoffs, won a playoff game, and played Seattle pretty tough that year. And looking at it this year, they don't have the benefit of a bad division, considering that Tampa, the Super Bowl, uh, the reigning Super Bowl champions, are probably going to win the division running away. In New Orleans, I don't know what to think about the Saints right now, who are three and two going into their buyers, or two and three, whatever the hell they are. I don't really know what to think of New Orleans. I don't really think highly of them currently. So there's a chance still. The past three games. At least the first three games can be attributed to a week schedule, which that's I think we can go ahead and flat out say that right now. Definitively, it was a week schedule. The Jets stink. They had a rookie quarterback who's not playing well. The Texans stink. They have a rookie quarterback who's not playing well. And the Saints, you caught them on a perfect time. But you went out there and you demolished them. And all due credit to the Carolina Panthers for going out there and taking care of business. They beat the teams they should have beat. So I'm not going to take anything away from them there. But let's also recognize they won those games because those teams are not very good. And the situation wasn't great for New Orleans. Dallas should have lost that game. Philly should have won that game. Minnesota, you can call it a toss-up. I thought they would lose. They certainly lost that game on Sunday. So at the very least, this team should be 4-2, which means you got to get some of these games back moving forward. Eventually, the Carolina Panthers are going to be in a better situation where now they're dedicating to the run. Eventually, Chris McCaffrey's going to come back. He'll be healthy. Eventually, Shaq Thompson, who they need, Julian Stanford and Jermaine Carter Jr., both graded out very average yesterday in that game against the Vikings. Get Shaq Thompson back on the field, who was playing at a Pro Bowl level. The Carolina Panthers defense gets that much better. Get Justin Burris back out there. Get Stephon Gilmore back out there. Get C.J. Henderson back out there. The Carolina Panthers 
will be just fine moving forward when they, if they have those players. So you think about it, you get Shaq, CMC, and Stephon Gilmore. All three of those guys will eventually be back in uniform, hopefully by as early as week nine when it comes to Shaq and CMC and Stephon Gilmore playing against his former team, the New England Patriots. So by the time the Carolina Panthers return to Bank of America Stadium, let's all hope that those three players are on the team. You're telling me if those three guys are back out there that this team is not a better team? It might not solve all the offensive issues, but we already seen so far that Christian McCaffrey is vital to the success of this offense with Sam Darnold at the helm and Robbie Anderson struggling, the offensive line, of course, being putrid again. There's no reason why they can't be competitive moving forward. It's not like they've been blown out so far this season. Even the one game that they were getting blown out on the road against Dallas, they came back and made it respectable, only losing by eight. Philly, they controlled the game for the majority of the time before just completely throwing up all over themselves. And in Minnesota, what a weird game that was. Both teams deserved a tie on Sunday. But Minnesota probably deserved to win more than Carolina just based off of what they were able to do throughout the game. But they gave Carolina the opportunity to come back. Panthers found a way, fought back, give them credit for taking that game to overtime. So moving forward, when you look at it with Carolina, I'm talking about the teams that they're competing with in the wild card race. It's going to be Minnesota, who, of course, has a tiebreaker over them. It's going to be Chicago, who's 3-3, three and three, like Carolina, and they have a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. Good defense. I just don't believe in Chicago. Long-term, New Orleans, who Carolina's already beaten. They'll see him wait on in the season. And Jameis Winston, who the hell knows what's Jameis you're getting week to week. San Francisco, Trey Lance right now, could be Jimmy Garoppolo. I have no confidence in the 49ers at all moving forward. The, the Carolina Panthers, I'm sure there's plenty of fans out there. You think Viking fans are confident in their team? No way. You think Bears teams fans are confident? They're hopeful. They can't be confident. They got Tampa Bay next week. All these teams, fans are probably feeling the same way you're feeling of like, man, mm, don't feel really great about this team. But, you know, maybe it could work out. You know, you win one more game. They won on Sunday. You get four and three. You might start thinking, yeah, you know, maybe things aren't that bad after all. But the Alonzo Morning Miami Heat meme or the gift that's out there you always see on Twitter. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not great. But maybe, maybe, maybe they could be back in it. Like, again, Cowboys going to the playoffs. Packers going to the playoffs. Bucks going to the playoffs. Cardinals, Rams. What is that? Five spots already locked up. You got two other ones. Fighting with San Francisco. Seattle's out of it. Maybe they signed Cam Newton. I don't know. But I'll tell you this much. Even with Russell Wilson, that defense is atrocious. And the Seahawks are out of it. So you're competing in maybe Washington, but they're two and four. And Heineke, even if Fitzmagic comes back, Washington's not doing anything. So it's Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, and San Francisco you're competing with for two spots. You play New York. You got Atlanta twice. You got Miami, who's terrible right now. Those are all games the Panthers should win when you're looking at it right now. Win those four games, that's seven wins. Then in my opinion, you got three toss-ups. And maybe two of these are really toss up. The third one, I'm just going to be, I'm being generous here. Washington at home, New England at home. You got to win both of those games. And you got at New Orleans. I don't think they beat New Orleans on a row in the Superdome late in the season. But I'll call it a toss up. Either way, you, you win two of those three. That's nine wins right there. Right in the thick of things. Then there's four games that they should not win. At Arizona, home against Tampa, at Tampa, and at Buffalo. Sorry, I just don't see it. Those three games, especially on the road at Arizona, at Tampa, at Buffalo, you're not beat. I don't think the Carolina Panthers, with who they have, whether they are healthy or not, I don't see them beating either one of those teams on the road. And I don't see them beating Tampa at home either. So that's nine and eight. You're telling me that's not going to put them right in the thick of the wild card race of Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, and San Francisco? You think any of those teams are winning 10 games this year? No way in hell. So the Carolina Panthers, 
I get it. It comes down to being able to fix the offensive issues and be able to find some consistency and stop turning the football over. But this season is not over yet. The NFC, there's a plenty of middling teams that look just like Carolina. It's a Spider-Man meme, all pointing at each other of like, oh man, we're really not that good. You're not that good either. But hell, if we turn over the ball less than you and we get a break here and we hold surf at home, man, we might be in the wild card round after all. So, yeah, I get it. Frustration abound all over the Carolinas. The vibes aren't good. No reason to panic at all. Beat the lowly Giants. Go to Atlanta. Come back. You're 5-3. and three. Could have McCaffrey, Shaq, and Stephon Gilmore all back on the field together here at Bank of America Stadium. And who knows? Maybe Panther fans might show up and be excited. I don't know. All right. Talk more about what Matt Rule had to say on Monday, including an update on Stephon Gilmore and also some changes on the offensive line. And the snap count was wild for some players on Sunday. We'll get into all that here on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery or bound for togetherness. Bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Taking inventory on a few more things that Matt Rule brought up on Monday afternoon when he addressed the media, actually at high noon there at Bank of America Stadium. Stephon Gilmore was the first question of whether he would be available for the Carolina Panthers. He will be practicing with the team for the first time as he comes off the pup list which stands for physically unable to perform. He is a Carolina Panther, of course, a couple weeks ago. Scott Fitterer got everyone fired up following the Cowboys' loss in a 3 and one start by trading a future six-round pick in the year 2023 for the Rock Hill native and University of South Carolina Gamecock alum who resides apparently in the same neighborhood as the Panthers' general manager and assistant GM and former Panthers' great, if we want to call him that, Dan Morgan who's done a fantastic job so far. So apparently they're all neighbors, and now they are all back in the same building for the first time as Stephon Gilmore practiced the Panthers on Monday. We'll be back again on Wednesday after they have their bye or their off day here on Tuesday, and there's a chance that he might play. The, the plan, Matt Rule says, is we'll see what he looks like, but the hope is that he'll play because he has not practiced in a while. Of course, he spent a lot of last season injured, and he spent this time with the uh, quad injury um, being on the on the pup list, and we'll see how things work out for Stephon Gilmore. If he does play on Sunday, which I think will, I'm going to say it's going to happen. I'll, I'll go out there on a limb if that's even on a limb. I'll say it's going to happen. If that does happen, then Stephon Gilmore, I cannot imagine him playing a ton of snaps because he is a veteran, though it helps. It's not the same as C.J. Henderson coming in and being told, okay, this is what coverage we're in. He's a second-year player. Stephon Gilmore, two years ago, it was the Defensive Player of the Year, if you don't remember, if we have, if you've somehow forgotten, as we've talked about just before. 
I have no problem from going out there and playing plenty of snaps. Now it's just going to come down to how great of shape he's in. Because there's a difference of being in good shape and being in football playing shape. But I'm sure, obviously, since he hasn't been playing football, he's not quite there yet. But I do expect by week two that he's back, which will be Atlanta for Stephon Gilmore to play a major role. And then, of course, week nine, when they come back home to face his former team, New England Patriots, he will be primed and ready to show Bill Belichick what he's missing by not having him out there on the Patriots squad. They could have used him. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, especially in the loss against the Dallas Cowboys, where Dak Prescott went nuts in the passing game. Some other things to monitor, which weren't actually brought up by Matt Rule or the media on Monday, though. Terrace Marshall Jr. and Alex Erickson, both wide receivers. Alex Erickson, of course, the main punt returner. Both left the game on Sunday due to concussions. We'll see if they'll be available on Sunday. I'm sure someone might ask them. We'll see what the injury report looks like on Wednesday um, in terms of what their availability might be at practice, whether they're limited or not in uniform at all. Because that's going to be tough because Carolina, they do have Keith Kirkwood, who we remember was knocked out cold by JT eBay, the undrafted free agent out of South Carolina. He missed three weeks of the preseason and was not able to make the roster. He's currently on the practice squad, broke his clavicle twice last season in year one of Matt Rule, former Temple guy, former New Orleans Saint, might have an opportunity here to maybe get called up to the active roster Um if Terrace Marshall or Alex Anderson are going to miss out, and I imagine maybe DJ Moore or maybe possibly Shai Smith, who was first given a uniform for the first time on Sunday against the Vikings, had a couple of catches there. Maybe he has an opportunity to be the punt returner for the Carolina Panthers uh, moving forward on Sunday if Alex Erickson is not able to go and then try and fill in if Terrace Marshall is not there. Because the wide receiver situation can be a little dicey if you're thinking about it. With DJ Moore being most teams trying to take him away, no Christian McCaffrey right out of the backfield, and Chuba Hubbard is not offered anywhere near the kind of um, option out of the backfield that Christian McCaffrey offers to Carolina Panthers. Uh, the threat, I guess, is what I was the word I was trying to find. Um, either way, he's not the threat of the backfield that Christian McCaffrey is. It's basically only DJ when you're looking at the passing game right now. Maybe Ian Thomas can step up. Maybe Tommy Trimble can step up. I don't know. But Robbie Anderson has to figure it out as he also makes his return to MetLife Stadium in New York. Of course, not playing the Jets, but playing against the Giants this time on Sunday against a team that's not very good. Like, they have to find someone to catch the football if Marshall or Alex Erickson are gone. And you really shouldn't be depending on Alex Erickson or even a Brandon Zilstra, who was out there being dependent on and called upon late on Sunday against the Vikings to go out there and be dependable, reliable wide receivers for you. So you got to see Shai Smith step up. You got to also see the guys who you're paying money to, that mainly being Robbie Anderson and, of course, DJ Moore, step up and help Sam Donald on Sunday. Someone who could also help out Sam Donald's cause could be Michael Jordan. Yes, the other Michael, not the main Michael here in Charlotte or in the Carolinas and, of course, worldwide, uh, the Jumpman MJ. Uh, Michael Jordan, who was the former Ohio State Buckeye and played for the Bengals last year, was added to the roster, then was released inside the practice squad. Now he's been added back to the roster. He stepped in at left guard and played 89% of the snaps on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers as Dennis Daly apparently is dealing with some sort of rotator cuff issue. And also Daly has not been all that inspiring so far this season. John Miller hasn't looked great, of course, and we haven't seen much Adam Matt Paradis either, who again, I say is is some guy who cannot be replaced so far. Pat Elfline who's also potentially he's he's been designated to return. And Justin Burris is also available to return from the IR if they designate him to return. Um, we'll see how the things work out on Sunday where there'll be three different options potentially at left guard and Dennis Daly, Michael Jordan, 
And in Pat Elfline, Matt Rule did call him a tone setter, especially in the run game on Sunday. And that might give him a good reason to play him again on Sunday against the New York Giants, considering the Carolina Panthers are now looking to be a run first team and get away from throwing the football 40 times a game. Also looking at it, Sean Chandler, hat tip to him, played 102 snaps on Sunday which is far too many snaps. That's some Big 12 defense, kind of ridiculous on snaps. He played 89 snaps on defense, I think 13 snaps on special teams. Just asking far too much from him. When you look at the defensive numbers, giving up 571 yards, and anyone who, who wants to, you know, play the defense, like in the NFL, if you're playing, if you got a guy out there playing 102 snaps in a game on Sunday, and it wasn't hot at least here in Charlotte on Sunday, that is just ridiculous and just highlights even further just how poor the offense was until the final two drives of that game and how they left their defense out to dry. Like that's just not sustainable. Sean Chandler, he's looked very good. And that was one of the positions that I was very concerned about going into the year in terms of depth at safety, where like a guy like I mentioned, if Justin Burris or Jamie Chin went down, how will this defense look? And Sean Chandler has gone out there and he has done admirable work so far the last couple weeks filling in even prior to then when he was playing as their third safety and really doing a fantastic job especially when Phil Snow was asking him to do a safety blitz so kudos to him and also shout out to Frankie Luvu who definitely should be more involved moving forward especially when you look at Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick over the last couple weeks not being able to get home as teams are finding a way to chip them that's three straight games that Brian Burns has not been able to get a sack and I'm not again I'm not sitting here criticizing Brian Burns they've got to figure out a way to maybe free him up but Frankie Luvu, who says he can't provide something um, after playing season high 42% of the snaps, making five tackles on defense, also played team high 31 snaps on special teams, had two tackles, and of course blocked that punt that was turned for a touchdown by Kenny Robinson. Frankie Luvu has been a guy. He came here as a special teams ace. That was what the expectation was for him. And you saw in the preseason and training camp what he was adding for the Carolina Panthers. Why can't he add more of that on Sunday, particularly when they're not getting home over the last two weeks where they're not touching – Jalen Hurts are not even touching Dak the last three weeks, not touching Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts at all, really, or even Kirk Cousins, which is just insane when you look at the talent the Carolina Panthers have coming off of the edge. So some of the things I that stood out to me looking forward moving throughout the rest of the week. And look at throughout the rest of the week, we'll have our crossover episode again on Thursday with Patricia Traina of the Locked on Giants podcast. Mailbag again on Friday. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on Odyssey. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where for the mailbag questions right there on Friday, you can send them to me by either adding me or DMing me, but first following me there on Twitter at Julian Council. Again, thank you guys so much for all the support. We get a weekly newsletter here um, for the Locked On Podcast Network, where our fearless leader, David Locke, who is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, but also the man who started the podcast network, he apparently named Locked On Panthers the podcast of the week this past week, and that is all credit to you guys listening and for supporting me, and I thank you so much for doing that and continue to do that. I know things, times are tough. You're very upset about 3-3 three and three, uh, start where they're at right now, but hey, winnable game on Sunday, and no reason why the Carolina Panthers, as I mentioned earlier, can't be in the thick of things with the other middling teams that they have alongside them there in the NFC. So we'll talk more about it throughout the week here on Locked on Panthers. Y'all have a great day. I will talk to you on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.